Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, my name's Neil White, and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter, who is on the other end of this line from Barcelona, where the gaze of the footballing world will fall tomorrow as Barcelona and Real Madrid meet, both tied at the top of the table. Graham, can you start by just explaining for those of our listeners who perhaps don't know why this game is taking place on this particular date? It's a fantastic game, which I think was uh, shifted for reasons that I disagreed with. Um, And I think it's legitimate to say that the seven-week delay, while when this game was due to be staged in late October, the jailing for um, what effectively was a, a crime of sedition, trying to... Uh, bring down the state uh, of several Catalan politicians who had actively pursued a referendum about independence um, the previous year had led to just the most massive protests that I've been that have been um, in my environs near me it probably in my lifetime yet it was only when uh, there were very patently outside agitators um, either deliberately came in themselves or were brought in that it led to skirmishes with police who, in their words, will claim that they've never felt more beleaguered or, or, or physically attacked. And the front line of some protests will, be, will definitely say that there was police brutality involved. But I think it's really important to say that... Um, Big games at Camp Now have been played in volatile atmospheres previously. Um, the the ref, the actual referendum, which uh, was the cause of the sentencing this year, had taken place to violent scenes just before Real Madrid visited Girona, a much smaller city, a much smaller club with a much smaller stadium and much less experience of policing big games and everything went off absolutely fine in Catalonia. Um, I think that there will be a gigantic um, protests and I think there'll be an attempt to, to bring the city to a halt as, as a means of taking attention to the, what the Catalans who want liberty for the, um, those who've been jailed or, or the Catalans and they're not necessarily independentistas only, um, but also those who want independence, I think will use the occasion of the Clasco to try and make transport and uh, mobility around the, the stadium and around the city very difficult, but 
I, I believed at the time that it was perfectly possible to stage the Classico in late October. Um, too many people in authority didn't feel that. And um, I wonder how they think that the seven weeks difference um, changes the situation because I think those who want to protest have nurtured their wrath and therefore uh, we're going to see a, a slightly bumpy day in the city of Barcelona tomorrow. But I don't believe that those who want to protest have any uh, um, original idea of it being violent. So may they use their um, right to democratic protest um, safely and may the game go ahead without threat. But there's been that seven-week delay and there's been a huge stoking up of tension by some in the Madrid media who suggest that the Real Madrid team might not be fully secure. Um, they're leaving from the same hotel as Football Club Barcelona. Are, um, I start off this this you know 24-hour period building up to the Clasico in the full expectation and hope that while there might be some bumpiness around the city, the game can be played um, safely, spectacularly and happily. If the social and political storyline hasn't substantially changed since this fixture was originally postponed, how has the football storyline changed, you know, compared to the original date for this game to go ahead and now where we find both these teams tied at the top? What's shifted in terms of momentum, form? It's a good question as a macro and a micro, Neil, because, you know, the macro picture says that Real Madrid are now in shape to compete which was definitely in doubt seven weeks ago. At that stage, I mean, off the top of my head, I've written a column about it. I think they, I think at that stage they dropped nine points. They definitely didn't look fit. Um, Eden Hazard hadn't been a, a, a proper force yet. The, the pictures of him, you know, bulging out of his shirt and shorts in the summer were backed up by a, a big interview did with the keep where he said he'd reached 80 kilograms, that he was, he in his words, five kilograms overweight. I think he was seven or eight overweight. Rimmer did, as a group, hadn't had the the full impact of uh, Gregory Dupont, the French fitness coach, who'd been appointed too late in the summer to, to custom make um, either the summer tour or the, the, the fitness preparation. And really, Madrid had looked a little bit sluggish, um, a little bit short of punch up front. I, I think we could have estimated that they were they were gathering towards ramming speed. They've played seven matches since, and I think it's five uh, five wins, two draws. They had a goal difference back then when match day ten was due to take place. Um, their goal difference has absolutely mushroomed now. They've uh, mullered teams. Their press is quite good. They they like to win it high. They press in groups. When they win it, they're capable of moving the ball through three, four, five, six passes at lightning speed. And there's a cohesion about the mentality and about the physical ability to deliver what Zidane is asking of them. The identity of the team has become a whole lot clearer. And if you want to go to paint little pictures, Courtois back in October was looked like a sort of semi-broken guy. He says, I, I, my chin wasn't down, I, I never doubted my ability. That's fine. But when he's booed off um, at halftime against Bruges and he goes home sick, it, it doesn't look as if his career at Madrid is in jeopardy, but it does look as if there's a, a chasm between the Courtois that became 
you know, super famous at Atleti and then continued that at Chelsea because he was in those days easily in the top three goalkeepers in the world, easily and on his best day, maybe the best. Well, he looked far from that um, in October. And since then, his relationship with Ariola, the second keeper, the Frenchman, compared to his relationship with Kaler, um, a rebuilding of uh, uh, not just trust, but goodwill between Sergio Ramos and, and Courtois has helped. Sergio Ramos was ultra Kaler, wanted Kaler to stay, wasn't that impressed. He's a hard man, Ramos. And it wasn't like a war or a vindictiveness, but he was unimpressed with Courtois' um, push to get Kaler out and for him to be the unrivaled number one. And, and, and that might have been selfish because Ramos knew that Kaler one-on-one had been significantly better than Courtois one-on-one. So that with Ramos's swashbuckling, I must run up front. He has a vested interest in there being somebody behind him that he thinks, yeah, eight times out of ten he'll save me. He didn't feel that about Courtois. But the rebuilding of the relationship once Kaler left has helped Courtois enormously. And let's pick on another little thing that's changed. Valverde um, was last season... Um, you could see particularly um, under Santi Solari, the coming force. Everybody had said so when he was alone at Deportivo La Coruña and young Fede Valverde um, was just nobody to Zidane the first time. He was nobody to Lopetegui, but Zidane has utterly seen what Valverde does that his midfield didn't have. His inability to convince Florentino Perez to take Pogba has been completely swept away for the moment by the fact that Cruz is on is unrecognisable from last season. I, I I have no hesitancy in admitting when I was wrong. I thought to renew Cruz last season was an error. They clearly saw things behind closed doors in his personality and his attitude that I hadn't or couldn't. And Cruz, who was lazy and let players run past him and looked disinterested last season, is unrecognisable. Therefore, the Casemiro-Valverde-Cruz thing with Modric, again, he's had an up-and-down season at 34 with a red card, with a small injury, with age occasionally taking away a cutting edge when he comes back from injury. But overall, it's also a better Modric this season than last. So the midfield four at Madrid, that focus, their edge... And their work rate have all increased dramatically compared to October. And, and and that's the macro position. The micro is that Barcelona have been pretty good since then. But as we speak, their last two games, or the last two league games, have shown um, players that look jaded. Um, one player in particular, Hulkamon, who was having the season of his life and then made two you know, big mistakes. And if you look across Barcelona's team... There are several players for whom they'll need to dig deep. They'll need to draw the the real Velociraptor mentality about this is when you this is when you go in for the food that will sustain you over winter. This is when your teeth need to be sharp. Barcelona have had a perfectly acceptable uh, seven weeks between uh, then and now. Their home form right throughout the season played seven, won seven, scored I think thirty. Um, even though they conceded nine and, and, and sometimes against lesser teams, ha- has been pretty damn good. So it cooks up as a beautiful stew um, for a cold winter's day in Catalonia. But the, the beneficiaries, Neil, have been Madrid. OK, we're going to take a very quick break before we come back for the second part of our classical preview, when we'll really get into it and look at who we should be keeping our, an eye on in tomorrow's game. 
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. And we're back. Graham, you gave us um, a really good sort of broad picture of the weather um, in, uh, in Barcelona and Madrid around these two teams. I was really, really glad that you kind of spotlighted um, Ferdi Valverde at, at Madrid. You kind of didn't get into a player who you have um, written on this very podcast, several love letters to in the past. And I wanted to ask you about Karim Benzema this season. And what's precipitated the changes in his game? And, you know, you, you've said about Eden Hazard looking slightly portly. Is it just me or has Benzema shed a few pounds? He just looks leaner. No. Uh, look, I, I think nothing's changed, Neil. I thought last season was just completely off the charts. And if, if you don't carry, neither you nor I and uh, Martin, some of the socios do, but neither you nor I and Martin carry colours into tomorrow's game. I live in Barcelona. During my time here, they've probably been the, the the slightly dominant side across you know eighteen years, not just the last eleven. And and ultimately, I think that the 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 total apogee at Wembley probably is the peak of football I've ever seen. But I don't carry Barcelona colours in there, and therefore. Benzema represents to me somebody that I can just sit and admire. You know, there's no worries that um, he might come to uh, Camp Nou and ruin Barcelona's night on Wednesday. For me, Benzema glides over the turf. Um, he does things that are not at all like Messi. We're like, well, there's a moment of genius. But he's capable of doing four or five things within a 35-second spell, which tells you that he knows, if I do this, X space will be created. And if I then move, I'll be returned the ball, and then I'll do my special stuff. His playing intelligence, it's really rare to see a nine, a centre-forward, Who's, who last season, my point is that when Cristiano Ronaldo left, Benzema just shrugged off any worries about having to step forward to be team leader again. And I think in all comps did a 30 goal season, which at his age is, is utterly brilliant. And given how shit some of the football from Real Madrid during the three manager season was, it was a remarkable achievement and he's carried on, but he's carried on in a team 
which is better coached, which is more, much more settled, where there's hunger all around him that there wasn't before, where there are different players to connect with in that um, I think that his movement understanding with Rodrigo is very good. His movement understanding with Valverde is very good. His fitness, as you pointed out, is, is you know, elite. He looks like a 24, 25-year-old. And when he pads around the, the, the top of the pitch for Real Madrid, it's like a panther. In, in terms of sleekness, in terms of menace. Throughout the run of goals that he's scored, he's shown occasional brilliance, sometimes wit, sometimes technique, sometimes determination. Um, but he's also got that uh, Johnny on the spot thing that you sometimes associate with somebody who's just a pure striker, goal-getter, penalty box player and nothing else. So the blend is is just, uh, it's gone all Jackson Pollock in my mind, Neil. Jackson Pollock. <laughs> You must have seen um, maybe literally dozens of Benzema versus Gerard Piquet matchups. Who historically has come out of that on top? I mean, just off the top of my head, I can't, I can't remember too many Clascos that Benzema has kind of authored. Yeah, I think that because you, you've probably got to take that in context of how many Clasicos um, he would have played in where Ronaldo was seeking out PK or vice versa, PK was seeking out Ronaldo. In, in my, from my point of view, while quite clearly Benzema was at the club um, before uh, Cristiano, um, the fact is that he was the guy looking to distract, either um, getting behind Sergio Busquets or distract the second centre half. And I think that. Um, He's been a sufferer of what just about everybody in this most modern era of Real Madrid has suffered in that Barcelona were wildly um, uncompetitive in the history of the classical until, first of all, Cruyff arrived as a player, then as a coach, and then Cruyff ideas were resurrected at the camp now. And the difference now is startling in that over the entire classical history, all competitions. Um, Barcelona are actually ahead on wins. And in La Liga Clásicos only, after what is now a 90-year history of Clásicos, they're tied on 72 wins each. And that's when, even if you just look at the last decade, in La Liga only since the 6-2 in May 2009, which is just over a decade, um... There's been 21 La Liga Clásicos, and I think uh, Madrid have won four, and Barca 13. And therefore, Benzema has existed in his best years at a time when Barcelona have been you know, notably better in the Clásicos. He's played, um, I guess, Barcelona 35 times, won eight, drawn nine, lost 18. He scored nine times. So Benzema, when, when Real Madrid win, it, it's principally because Benzema has scored. I think... Um, Playing Barca 35 times and, and 17 of them coming away without a, a defeat is is okay. Um, I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. And whether actually, you, you've highlighted something that's interesting, whether on Wednesday night uh, Benzema allows himself to be targeted uh, by PK, I, I, I'm unconvinced. I think that Benzema will um, look to test Longley who, um, although he is an exceptional footballer, and I, I have a first-hand um, 
evidence that around the camp now they're they're lost in admiration for his personality, his attitude, to development in his game, his to development in his mentality, and Longley they view as an essential part of their future to the extent that they think that he will he will assume some of the characteristics of some of the roles that PK has right now and has had throughout his career. And it'll be like, well, rather than who do we buy to replace PK, who do we buy to supplement Longley? Yet, it's, it's a micro point again, and he's one of the ones I mentioned earlier on. I think Longley has has looked slightly jaded recently. And, and that's simply, I think, overplaying because Umtiti was out for so long injured that the, the, the moments when the three games a week were coming thick and fast, um, plus his increasing um, involvement with France now, which it's not as if he's a touchstone at all for Deschamps. But it, I think that he's probably lacked a game or two when he can just draw breath, assimilate, tend his wounds and he comes into the classical perfectly capable of producing an 8 out of 10 performance but I think Longley is one of those that Benzema will, will target on Wednesday night OK let's finish up by staying with Barcelona um, we are about to record another podcast today that will come out closer to the end of the month in which Graham will run through his footballing Oscars for 2019 and I'm sure that will feature It's the most wonderful time of the year Oscars! That's beyond doubt um, I'm sure there will be uh, a lot of Leo Messi in there but I wonder Graham how much did Barcelona look to him on nights like this? Yeah, I, I think that... <laughs> Yeah, across the picture, this is his fixture. Uh, nobody's nobody's won it more than him. Nobody's scored more goals in the Clasico than him. Um, he's played 25 La Liga Clasicos and only lost four. But it needs saying. Um, something's up. It's a long, long time since I've seen him look so disinterested in matches. And it's a long, long time since he's decorated... Uh, lethargic performances with 90 seconds of genius and 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 therefore still won Barcelona the victory or or got them the draw whichever it may be he didn't play at the stage last year when Barcelona won 5-1 he was injured he was sitting in the tribuna uh, with his kids and they beat Lopetegui's Madrid 5-1 without him I think he's got I think he's only started three of the last five Clasicos I think he's probably only got the one goal in those last five Classicos. Um, I don't think that he's massively happy with the way that the team around him is, is constructed or is playing. And I think that because he's a human being with a lot to satisfy him in his life now, three kids, um, a very, very happy home life, I think that he's subconsciously um, hit a level whereby having been you know, quite badly injured by forcing himself a little bit when he came back from his very brief holidays, picking up a calf problem, then picking up a groin problem, I think he's in a slight physical and mental um, trough over the last, at least the last three matches. He didn't travel to San Siro. So I'm talking about the last, I'm even talking about the Wonder Metropolitano when his, his, you know, his winning goal and how he played the one-two, never mind how he finished, was just 
pure outright genius and will will have to star in his all-time litany of great goals. But his performance that night wasn't, not even close. And subsequently, the way he's played and performed has been pretty similar. And I think that this is the slight trough you hit when your um, your, your body clock as an elite athlete is, is knocked out of sync a little bit by um, short summer, injury as soon as you come back, not physical patching together, but you don't hit the ground running with a brilliant pre-season. About now, I think that a physical trough where like the harder you run, the more you seem to be running in sand has hit him. And I also genuinely, I'm not at all forecasting that he's going to use the clause in his contract to leave in the summer. But I think he's, he's I think he feels let down. I think he feels that at um, 32, about to turn 33 next summer, um, the antidote to the likelihood, likelihood that he doesn't win a World Cup, although, you know, whoever knows in, in, in Qatar, the likelihood that he doesn't win a World Cup, the antidote for him, um, even beyond Copa America, is to win more Champions Leagues. And I think he knows that not enough has changed since the humiliations that have dogged the last few years um, in Europe. And I, I think he's, he's not a happy chap. Um, it's Madrid, the lights are on, it's cold, it's night time, and it's at the camp now. So this doesn't relate to the fact that he could walk out there, take over and score a hat-trick. But um, you say, how much do they look too much? Well, you know, three starts in the last five Clasicos, just the one goal, um, the one no win last time in the Liga, Ivan Rakitic, the dominant figure in the Clasicos recently has been Luis Suarez by a distance. And Suarez's record against Madrid is is just... You know, jaw-dropping, 14 Clasicos and 11 goals. Um, so that's probably the, the first thing you'd look to um, if you're Barcelona-oriented. Not simply Leo Messi, but Messi-Suarez. How do they click? Are they in the game right from the start? Are they both on it, like sharp, hungry on it? Because recently, that's been the difference. Okay, we're going to finish up with a challenge laid down by our sponsors, Bet365. Graham, you've had advanced warning. Bet365 would like you to compile your best selected 11 from both squads available for tomorrow's match. Who makes your team? Well, I am Messi and they are Suarez, so it's a partnership, but I have to claim Prima Sinter Paris, and therefore I get to name two. On current form, um, there's going to be more Real Madrid players than there would be in the second one. In that, right now, Courtois is on better form than Marc-Andre Ter Stegen. Earlier in the podcast, I pointed out that Ter Stegen is the more complete goalkeeper. He's the one that's going to feature in the second team that I choose, the second 11 that I choose. But Courtois right now is on absolutely the best form since he rejoined Real Madrid. And Marc-Andre Ter Stegen made a big, big fluff uh, for the Mallorca goal. Um, second goal that Budmir scored in the 5-2. He then made two or three fluffs at Anoeta, one which cost a goal. Um, in the 2-2 draw at the weekend when L'Areal um, showed really healthy disrespect for Barcelona. So in, in, the, in, the, in the sort of current form only team, it starts with Courtois um, at right-back Carvajal, uh, at centre-back 
uh, Gerard Piquet, accompanied by Rafa Varane, again, having the best seasons since Jose Mourinho and he were champions. He was significantly younger then. It looked like he was about to dominate the world. Subsequent domestic form has been patchy until this season when Varane has been absolutely tremendous. Um, Ferland Mondi would not be in the all-time 11, which is coming next, but Jordi Alba is by far Barca's best left-back, but he's just back from injury. He didn't look ready against La Real. I think it's a, a just a startling test for him if he starts ahead of Semedo, the right-back who might be grafted in at left-back um, in the camp. Now, so Mondi completes the right-here-right-now Fatboy Slim um, 11, Midfield, um, it has to be a three, can't be anything else because of the front three. The midfield has to include uh, Valverde, has to include Casemiro, um, after which it's Frankie de Jong, who would be complimented by those two because his movement back and forward isn't simply uh, covering up the mistakes of others. He goes through uh, opposition, he goes, he breaks lines, and he's got a really nice idea of not only how to feed Messi and Suarez, but how to occupy space that they leave vacant. So he's the third man in midfield and up front. There's, there was never any question that it's um, Suarez, Benzema, and Leo Messi. But the all-time eleven is different. Ter Stegen gets that without any question whatsoever. Carvajal, Pique, Ramos, Jordi Alba in the middle. Busquets on all-time form, not current form, has to be in there, no question whatsoever. Um, Rakitic would have to be in it, no question whatsoever. And of the all-timers, then it would have to be Modric. So your middle three, if you don't just say current form, is, is dynamite. <laughs> just imagine Rakitic, Busquets and, and Modric together in a midfield. And of the current squads, then the all-time front three is, is exactly the same. Leo Messi, Luis Suarez and the mighty Karim Benzema. Those are two different 11s. Take your pick, folks. Tell us what you think, by all means. But I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even carry that off. I can't even carry <laughs> arrogance off properly. No, it sounded convincing, I'll be honest. It was a line. It was a line. And you can take your pick yourselves for tomorrow's match. Um, we're going to post at least one of those 11s on Twitter. Um, so you can let us know in the, in the responses to that tweet what you think, what changes you'd make. So that's at Bumper Graham for Graham and at GH Podcast for the podcast. I'm sure it will be on both feeds. And the other one on Instagram, it's at Camp Now Tomorrow Night. Ho, ho.